Good morning, all. How are we this morning? Good morning, Father. We praise you, Jesus. We thank you, Holy Spirit. We love you, Lord. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your grace. We thank you, Father, for your love that is everlasting, that does not run out of supply for us, that your eyes of mercy do not change towards us, that you're ever willing to renew that mercy for us every morning, that a fresh batch of your mercy is released for all our shortcomings, for all our weaknesses for all our failures. We acknowledge your presence in this prayer, Father, that we are speaking to you, our Father, and not a God that is distant and far away, one that is up close and personal, with whom we share a personal relationship. And we ask for your mercy, for your forgiveness. And this is a time of preparation for the coming of the Lord into our lives. We spend so much time decorating our homes, our gardens, buying new clothes, buying gifts. And yet, we have not spent any time preparing our hearts for His coming. We ask forgiveness for our sins, for our failures, Father. We have not spent time building on our relationship with you. We ask for your forgiveness, for your mercy. We surrender all our faculties to you, our body, our soul, our spirit, and we ask you to take over, Jesus. Holy Spirit, Spirit of the Lord. We trust in you, O Lord, with all our hearts. So we lean not on our understanding, but on the revelation that you give us, Father. We ask you to direct our thoughts, our words, our path ahead, our prayer, our preparation. And we thank you, Lord, that when we come in your presence, you pour your peace, you release your mercy, and you give your joy into our hearts that our joy be made full, that we are able to be still and receive from you. And when we open our hearts to receive, that is when our transformation begins. And this peace that you share with us, which no one can give and no one can take away, we want to give that, Lord, and share it with our brothers and our sisters that are part of this prayer meeting and this praying family. With all those for whom we are praying, all those requests that have been mentioned on this group and all those that have no one to pray for them. And we share it with all Christians that have not yet had an encounter with you. Many of those are in our own families and friend circles. And for us as well, that we might have a renewed encounter that encounter that helps rejuvenate and pump up our relationship with you. 
our connection with you, to rediscover it in a new way. And we share it with all those who have willfully chosen to move away from you, either under a lie, under false doctrine, or under ignorance, under secularism, the greatest lie. Father, let every curtain that stands in their path be torn down for them to see through and see you. Let every mountain that blocks their view be cut down. Let their path be made flat and straight. Every shut door that keeps them out and away from you be opened. That they might have that opportunity to run back to their father like the prodigal son. And receive of this father's love. The father that has always been with them, that never left them. If only they could see him. Quicken them, O Lord, in their spirits, that they might call on your name. And as we begin our prayer this morning, we call on your name, on your name the name of our God, our maker. The rabbi of all ages, our strong tower. The rock. The one who has blessed us with every spiritual gift in the heavenlies. Everything that we need for our life in abundance. The one who chose to make us in his own image and likeness. And he sacrificed everything in heaven. Including his son. Gave us his spirit. Sent down his angels. That we might not be lost to damnation, but might have life and have it to the full. And we call on the name of your son, Jesus. The name at which every knee in heaven on earth and under the earth must bow. And he said, whatever you ask the father in my name, that I will do for you and he will do for you as well. You gave him to be our advocate who intercedes for us, seated at the right hand of the Father in heaven. In him is life. And he is the word embodied. The word made flesh and dwelt amongst us. And now is an incorruptible seed through revelation, transforming our lives part by part, so that every dark corner be illuminated with your presence. Every lie that we continue to live shall be dispelled, and cast out and the truth be made available and known there. And that is made possible through the working of your spirit within us. Who made his tabernacle, his residence within our body. So that when he is continuously with us, within us, we walk with his power. We walk with his presence. And he convicts but never condemns. Ever willing to show us the way, but never willing to leave us in darkness and in suffering. It is he who came to enforce that abundance that Jesus said he came to give us. It is he who heals our backsliding. And it is he who gives life to our mortal body. It is he who brings a transformation and renewal of our mind. In the word becomes flesh and dwells within us. It is he who gives us an understanding through his wisdom. 
We thank you, Father, for the gift of yourself, for the gift of everything that you have poured into our lives. Your angels, your destiny help us to carefully, strategically planted in specific locations that they are activated at the right time when we call on your name. We thank you, Father, that you have blessed us with family, with friends, people that care about us and demonstrate your love for us. Much of it from these groups is not selfish. And it represents your care for us. We thank you, Father, for the food on our table, for the roof over our head, protecting us from extreme weathers and from all sorts of challenges that lie outside. We thank you, Father, for the gift of prayer that we are able to speak to you, commune with you at will anytime, day or night. And you are ever willing to honor that call on your name in faith. We thank you, Father, that you have blessed us with your word, your promises, your principles, your prophecies, that whenever we study it, and ever so frequently when we study it, you reveal more and more of your own nature to us. We are able to know who our Father is, what is that authority that backs us, and how we can build our relationship with him to walk in that authority of the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord. And as we pray this morning, we shall reflect on the very important part of prayer, which even Jesus emphasized. And he used two parables for that. Persistence or perseverance in prayer. Now God knows the desires of our heart long before we even think of them. We even think of asking. But he still loves to hear from us, whether we're asking for guidance or whether we're giving thanks. Because it draws us closer to him. And he loves that relationship. He always honors it. Jesus taught us that he is our father. And he loves us to approach him as a father, to approach him out of love. Secondly, our prayer gives him permission to intervene. And Jesus said in Luke 18 verse 1, we must pray at all times and not get tired. And here are some script scriptures that reaffirm the need to be persistent. And they talk to various situations in our life when we fall weak and we want to give up. The first one is Hebrews 10 verse 23, which says, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. There are times when we in excitement speak a scripture and make a prayer on it. And then while we wait, nothing happens. A few days have gone by and we're starting to think, has God forgotten that request? Has God forgotten me? Do we find ourselves changing our words at that time saying, it is not going to work, I don't think it will. Are we holding fast our confession and seeing it through? 
A second scripture is James 1 verses 2 to 4. Where he says, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness or patience. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. So he wants that patience to have full effect that we might, found to, we might be found to be lacking nothing. Here again, you pray about your situation just keeps on going from bad to worse. You're asking God, why are you testing me? What have I done wrong? And God is looking at our patience. The question here is, are we waiting patiently? James says, count it all joy. Are we staying focused on what we have prayed for even in the midst of our trials? It certainly is not easy. It's easier said than done. When things keep going from bad to worse, are we holding on? Do we still maintain our trust in God or do we give up? The third one is Galatians 6 verse 9, which says, Let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. This one particularly applies to those situations where we have been kind, generous and giving. And yet for all that love, that for all that love, what we receive in return is ingratitude harm being taken for granted, even worse, wickedness sometimes, and jealousy. The world today believes in barter, even in relationships, a give and a take. Unfortunately, that has crept into relationships of the heart as well, where it's no longer the heart but the mind that decides how that relationship should work between two individuals a give and a take. Are we also becoming selfish? Because our own good deeds meet no reciprocation. Are we giving up on that nature of the Father, on being a giver? And do we weigh relationships? Do we weigh good deeds on the scales of what we get in return. Going back to Luke 18 verse 1, Jesus said men ought always to pray. That is people in general when he said men. And when the situation becomes harder, we ought to pray more fervently and not give up. He used two separate illustrations in two different chapters. As examples, the first one is from this very chapter, Luke 18, where he used the example of the widow and the unjust judge. She kept coming to him for justice until one day he gave in and was fed up and decided to grant her justice just to get rid of her. And this was Luke 18, 
verses 2 to 5. Now let's look at verse 7 and verse 8 at what Jesus said in conclusion. He said, if the, just, the, unjust judge, the unjust judge did this, then verse 7 says, will not our just God defend and avenge his elected, his chosen ones, who cry out to him day and night? Will he delay in providing justice on their behalf? I tell you, and when Jesus says, I tell you, we need to listen closely. He says it affirmatively, but in a very strong way. And then he says, I tell you, there's a strong point he wants to make. I tell you that he will defend and avenge them quickly, speedily. He will not make them wait. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find this kind of persistent faith on the earth? And he said persistent faith, he was referring to the widow. That even though the judge wasn't listening to her and ignoring her, she kept on persevering, kept on pushing until she got her answer. The second example is from Luke 11. Jesus was teaching his apostles how to pray. And immediately after he taught his disciples to pray, the next thing he taught them, which we see from Luke 11 verse 7 onwards is, how to be persistent in that prayer they make. And use the parable of a friend. Where the verses read, and this is from verse 5 onwards. Suppose one of you has a friend and goes to him at midnight and says, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread for a friend of mine who is on a journey has come to visit me and I have nothing to serve him. And from inside, the friend answers, do not bother me. The door has already been shut and my children and I are in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, now Jesus says again here, I tell you, even though he will not get up and give him anything just because he is his friend, just because of that relationship. Yet, because of his persistence and boldness, he will get up and give him whatever he needs. A comparison between the two stories here tells us the widow and this person who knocked on the friend's door both demonstrated persistence and boldness. That despite being turned away, they kept on persevering. And then verse 9 says, in verse 9 he says, So I say to you, ask and keep on asking and it will be given to you. Seek and keep on seeking and you will find. Knock and keep on knocking and the door will be opened to you. Earlier he said the door is shut. Now he says the door will be opened. For everyone who keeps on asking persistently, receives. And he who keeps on seeking persistently, finds. And to him who keeps on knocking persistently, the door will be opened. An important one now. What father among you, if his son 
asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead of a fish. Or if he asks for an egg, he will give him a scorpion. If you then, being evil, that is sinful by nature, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask and continue to ask him? He starts off by referring to God as a friend. He knocked on your friend's door at midnight. The relationship that you have with him is that of friendship. And yet when we look at the end of that passage, when he responds, and he responds not as a friend, but as a father. When you are persistent. It is not the friendship that is moved, but the love of a father that gets moved through persistence. Verse 6 is crucial here as it refers to intercession. For someone you casually know or may not even know. And that person may not have anything to do with God. And yet for their sake, when you knock on God's door at a time and a situation that may be awkward or even difficult for you. You are busy with your own life. And yet when someone calls on your help, you are willing to pray with them. And God is turning you away, but you persist. The time for him to welcome them is past. He's choosing to ignore them, but yet you stand in that gap, that rift that is existing there. And you serve as the bridge. Through your perseverance in faith, he will answer. Sometimes perseverance and boldness in prayer can yield more than what a relationship can. And that is what he is trying to stress here. He says you knocked on a friend's door, but he will give whatever you asked for. That is verse 8, Luke 11 verse 8, where he said, I tell you, even though he will not get up, and give him anything just because of his friends. So even though God is not willing to yield because of friendship, but because of your persistence and boldness, he will move. We can make up for what we lack in our relationship with God through our persistence, through our perseverance, and through our boldness. There are situations that can force God to yield to your request. And so Jesus said, assertively, I say to you, ask and keep on asking and it will be given. And then you keep on seeking and you keep on knocking. Question is, are we being assertive enough for it to count as persistence? Or is our prayer too casual? Are we taking it seriously like our life depends on it? Or are we lukewarm? Just making a prayer with someone and then we forget about it. That chapter has ended there. We do not push through to see the outcomes. The prayer that we make and we expect it to move God 
is it first moving us is it moving my heart is the question we need to ask ourselves first if it doesn't inspire me it won't wake him up remember he said that the door is closed and i and my children are in bed if it doesn't inspire your heart how will it inspire his to get out of bed the door is closed the door that grants access to you to your destiny the answer to your prayer the door to your miracle your job your healing is closed what are you going to put in your prayer are you willing to go all in pour out all your faith go and wake him first keep on asking seeking and then knocking and the effectual fervent prayer of the righteous one who is aligned to god's will that prayer is dynamic and it's working and avails much result that's what james 5 verse 16 says and these are the three keys that he gives us here in this verse that are important to our prayer you make our prayer but you persist that prayer needs to be effectual it must be heartfelt in order to be effectual it must inspire us in order for it to inspire god it must be fervent it must be bold and persistent and then there is alignment in character to jesus walking on his path fulfilling his conditions operating in love and being persistent that is what we ought to strive for in order to have an answer in our prayer father in the name of jesus i pray that we each go back and reflect on our own personal prayer life that when we make a prayer over our own intentions over our own supplications that we have on our heart and over the needs of others to evaluate our own persistence there how serious are we about it how much of our faith do we put into it help us take a look at it from a new angle lord and you show us what that persistence would look like and what that action in faith would be like and when it demands boldness from us when it demands that we become uncomfortable we know that that faith is being tested and when that faith is being tested it will produce result we ask lord for that grace for boldness in this edification in our spirit to be persistent and as we pray for growth in the spirit this morning we also pray for our physical and our temporal needs for all those supplications that we carry on our heart every request that has been mentioned on this prayer group we pray for all those that are battling sickness and disease as well for all those that are hospitalized for all those that are fighting a covid infection we pray for all families 
especially the ones that are undergoing separation and battling all kinds of challenges of violence, infidelity. We pray for all those that are battling strongholds in their lives, going through bouts of anxiety, depression, fits of rage, compulsive behaviors that want to take over their character and their nature, where they do things, where we do things that we do not like doing and yet end up doing them. Where we are outspoken in a way that it is only harsh and harmful and only hurts others by wickedness in our words and we think that is not what I meant in my heart and yet I spoke it. We fight all those strongholds in your name and under your authority, Jesus. And in your name, Lord, we declare all these chains of bondage over your people broken. We pray also for our own personal needs, those of our families, and in a special way for all those that are not yet saved, that have not yet received their salvation. Quicken them in their spirits, Lord. They might call on your name. And everyone that calls on your name shall be delivered. This is our faith. We ask you to quicken them in their spirit, Father. For unless you quicken them, they cannot come to you. We cannot come to you. Unless you call us. We thank you, Father, that you have heard our prayer. That you have heard our cry. You always hear us. And as we pour out our faith, we make our prayer of agreement. You honor that prayer when we make it in the name of Jesus. And I encourage everyone here that can pray in tongues to please unmute and join in and release our faith together. As we make this our prayer of agreement with each other and with the Holy Spirit who intercedes on our behalf. All those that cannot pray in tongues but are praying for that gift, please take that step of faith. Be bold, be persistent. For when you are persistent, you shall receive. Is <clears throat> the gift. Let us release our faith now and connect our hope with its manifestation, the answer. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Shandapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapap
Scripture I've been given this morning is from 1 Peter 2, 4 to 6. Come to him, to that living stone, rejected by men, but in God's sight, chosen and precious. And like living stones, be yourselves built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. 
for it stands in scripture. Behold, I am laying in Zion a stone, a cornerstone chosen and precious, and he who believes in him will not be put to shame. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Before we conclude this morning's prayer, just a reminder that tomorrow, Friday, there will be no Bible study session. Our next session will be directly in the new year. So this Friday and the next Friday, both Fridays will not have any Bible study session in the evening. For all the other, the rosary will continue and the morning praying in tongues, which we now call the morning encounter with the Lord, will continue every day. And let the mercy and the grace and the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ and his jealous love for us that focuses on us, that brings his favor, that chases us and overtakes us in ways even we can't comprehend. When it starts to come in all directions and our life becomes a living testimony of the love of the Father, the object of his affection we are. Let that favor as well. We multiplied in each of our lives this day so that as we are blessed, out of that blessing and with gratitude in our heart, let us carry his gospel and our testimony and be a blessing to everyone around us in the name of Jesus and for his glory. Be blessed and have a wonderful Thursday, everyone. Thank you, Thank Russell. You, Russell. God, bless Thank everyone. Everyone. God bless Thank you, Russell. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Christian.